welcome to the High Vibe and Healthy Podcast. My name is Fran Dargaville and I'm a functional nutritionist with a passion for gut health and real food. I'm here to share my take on nutrition and health, answer your questions and chat with leading health and wellness experts and all-round inspiring humans. Enjoy this week's episode and submit your questions at frandargaville.com or via my Instagram, frandargaville. Hello, I hope your week is going very well. Today we're going to be chatting all about acid reflux. And under that umbrella comes a bunch of different terms like heartburn or indigestion, or perhaps if you've been diagnosed with something, it might be GERD or GORD or LPR, which is also known as silent reflux. So I may use some of these terms interchangeably, but more or less, they're all kind of the same except for LPR or silent reflux, which are basically, again, the same thing, but without that manifestation of the burning symptoms that tends to be associated with symptoms like postnasal drip or a sore throat, but without that burning that we'd associate with heartburn or indigestion. Acid reflux affects a huge number of people. Within Australia, it's around 10 to 15%. And within the US, it's up to around 20%, which is absolutely insane. And proton pump inhibitors, which are the main form of medication used to address acid reflux, are one of the most common types of medication used in Australia and the US, which is absolutely crazy. Now, the problem when it comes to acid reflux is... There's a real failure on the part of Western medicine here because proton pump inhibitors and antacids don't really get anyone anywhere. They're only intended to be used short term, generally around two weeks and up to eight weeks at a maximum, and they shouldn't be used any longer than that. The problem is that there's no option or alternative when we get to the end of that two weeks or that eight weeks. Most people are then just told by their doctor to then go off the proton pump inhibitor and they don't have another option and they haven't actually addressed the cause of that acid reflux. So more often than not, they're not actually able to go off the medication and they end up being stuck on it for years or even decades down the track and suffering all sorts of consequences for it. So we're going to be covering the hidden cause of acid reflux and how you can overcome it in a holistic way. I'm also going to explain the how in terms of how acid reflux actually happens in the body, because I think a lot of us just think of it as this burning or discomfort or indigestion. We don't exactly know why that's happening. So I think it's important to get a sense of that why. And as I mentioned, we're going to chat about what you can do if you're dealing with it to overcome it. Before we get into the episode, I want to let you know about Collagen Switch from Switch Nutrition. I'm a huge fan of collagen. It's something I personally consume every single day. Collagen is actually a type of protein and it's the most abundant protein in the human body and it's the main building block of our skin. Collagen supplementation has been shown to improve skin hydration, elasticity and wrinkles. And Collagen Switch also contains vitamin C, which helps support our body's natural ability to actually produce collagen itself. You can add collagen to smoothies, coffee, or you can go for my favorite, the rich chocolate flavor, which you can use to make delicious, healthy hot chocolate. Head to Switch Nutrition's website to get your hand on Collagen Switch and use the code HIGHVIBE to get 10% off. I know you're probably hanging out for me to share what this hidden cause is. And I'm not going to make you wait any longer. It is 
low stomach acid. Now, this may seem counterintuitive, but I'm going to explain exactly why that's often at the root cause of acid reflux in this episode, because I think it's really important to get an understanding of why this is taking place so you can actually address it in a way that's going to get you results and help you move forward. Now, let's chat about this conventional approach to reflux. We've been taught that reflux is all about having too much stomach acid. We've seen the Gaviscon ads with the fireman putting out the fire in our bellies. And I guess that's given us the understanding without us actually having that understanding. You know, it's led us to believe that it's all about having too much acid and we need to suppress that acid. When for the majority of people, that is actually not the case and it couldn't be further from the truth. So when it comes to the conventional approach to acid reflux, What we have available is basically proton pump inhibitors and H2 blockers and antacids. So PPIs or proton pump inhibitors and H2 blockers suppress the production of stomach acid. And these include, you know, common medications like Nexium and Prilosec. Antacids work in a different way. So instead of suppressing that stomach acid production, they neutralize the stomach acid. And this includes things like Tums and Gaviscon. In some cases, PPIs or antacids are absolutely necessary. But really, this is pretty much only ever in the short term. There are very few cases where these medications should be taken long term. As I mentioned before, they're designed to be taken for a short period of time only, roughly two to eight weeks. And yet many people end up being stuck on them for months, years, or even decades. Proton pump inhibitors have been shown to impact the gut more than antibiotics in a negative way. So we obviously don't just want to be handing them out like candy, right? We really want to get this understanding of what's at the root cause, what's driving this acid reflux, address it in a natural, holistic way where possible so that we're not suffering the consequences of long-term PPI use. Some of the impacts of using these medications long-term include a reduced diversity of beneficial gut bacteria, an increase in the bad guys or opportunistic pathogens in the gut like enterococcus, streptococcus, staphylococcus, and E. coli. It also increases the risk of infections like C. diff, salmonella, and listeria, and increases oral bacteria, which might impact oral health, and it increases the risk of SIBO or small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, which is a huge root cause in bloating, diarrhea, constipation, a lot of these gut-related symptoms that many of us experience. So if this is you, if you're dealing with acid reflux or you're regularly taking PPIs, H2 blockers or antacids, don't worry, I am going to give you some action steps that you can put into practice later in the episode. Now, as I mentioned, I don't just want to tell you that acid reflux is due to low stomach acid and not explain why, because I think it's important that you get an understanding of why this actually is. And to do that, I'm going to explain how our digestive system works or at least the upper portion of it anyway. So basically you put food in your mouth, chew it up. When you swallow, it goes through your esophagus. And that's basically a tube that connects the mouth and the stomach. So the food passes through this tube and into the stomach. Between the tube and the stomach is a valve called the lower esophageal sphincter or the LES. And when this valve is closed, it stops acid and stomach contents from basically traveling back up from the stomach and into the esophagus. Now, this valve, the LES, is really, really important. In the conventional health field, it's always been believed that burning in the esophagus 
is just always caused by too much acid in the stomach. And yes, that is the case for some people, but that's a very small percentage of people dealing with acid reflux. What is well known in the functional medicine space is that there's often something else going on. Often there's an issue with this LES valve. And it's that in conjunction with a lack of stomach acid that's causing the issues rather than excess stomach acid. When we don't have enough stomach acid to digest our food properly, that can leave undigested food in the stomach that can actually basically mess with this valve and stop it from working properly. A huge problem with the PPIs and the antacids is that they suppress stomach acid, which actually fuels this vicious cycle even more because we don't have what we need, that stomach acid, to break down protein and break down the food that we're eating. So that can impact that valve, the LES, and drive this reflux even more. As I said before, the conventional treatment rarely works for people, and this is why. It's really just a Band-Aid fix, and it in no way takes a root cause approach. As I mentioned before, when it comes to reflux and these other things associated with reflux, heartburn, indigestion, LPR, GERD or GORD, the symptoms that you experience, whether it's discomfort in your upper chest, burning, or perhaps the symptoms of LPR, silent reflux, like a dry throat or a post-nasal drip, these are occurring because of the issues with that valve typically, and because of those stomach contents basically sloshing back up into the esophagus and causing burning there where they're not supposed to be. As I mentioned, this stomach acid is so, so important and it is a huge missing piece in the puzzle for addressing acid reflux. And what I find is that when we address this in the right way, you can actually get over it for good instead of having to deal with this on and off for the rest of your life, which is honestly the reality for so many people who are just using these Band-Aid fixes. Here are just a few reasons why stomach acid is actually really important. We need it to absorb a lot of nutrients, including iron, B12, folate, zinc, and calcium. So if you have nutritional deficiencies, particularly in these things like iron and B12, then I would definitely be looking at your stomach acid levels. We also need it to digest protein. So I find a lot of people who have a bit of an aversion to meat, whether they're vegan or vegetarian, just because they don't really like meat or they just tend to, you know, shy away and aren't too keen on eating a whole lot of it. This is often why, because you don't have the stomach acid needed to break it down. And that was definitely me as a teenager. I used to absolutely hate meat. I was a vegetarian for years because I just didn't like it at all. I really had this aversion. And it wasn't until I actually worked on my stomach acid levels that I was able to tolerate it and enjoy it and get the health benefits of high quality digestible protein, good levels of iron, B12, and all these other sort of key nutrients that are found in animal products. You're into gut health, so you're probably pretty aware of things like parasites, bacterial overgrowth or dysbiosis, SIBO, SIBO, candida, all of these things. Now, stomach acid plays a really important role in preventing these things from taking up residency in our gut. So if you have any of these things or you suspect that you might, then stomach acid and addressing that is going to be a big piece in the puzzle in overcoming that. So when we don't have enough stomach acid, basically that acidity prevents these things from taking up residency in the gut. So if you have really good stomach acid levels, then you're probably not going to have any of these issues. 
Stomach acid also triggers the release of pancreatic enzymes, which break down protein, fat, and carbohydrates. So if you have sensitivities to any of these other foods, or you feel like you maybe don't feel so good after eating high FODMAP foods or certain types of fats or whatever it is, that also could be due to a stomach acid issue. So obviously stomach acid is key for so many different things. But there's a root cause behind the root cause of the low stomach acid, meaning that there's a reason you developed that low stomach acid in the first place. That can be due to stress. So when we're stressed, we're basically shutting down our digestive function, which means that that proper stomach acid production isn't going to be taking place. You could be eating too quickly or not chewing enough. And both of these things, you know, when we're not eating mindfully, when we're not chewing well, when we're eating in a rush means that whole digestive cascade isn't happening properly as it should. So when we take the time to slow down, chew really well, get into a relaxed state before eating, that can be a game changer for stomach acid production. Another big one is eating and then lying down too quickly. So something that my husband does a lot is gets back really late from rock climbing or the gym, eats dinner and then goes straight to bed. And then he's wondering why he feels, you know, discomfort or heartburn or indigestion. We want to allow at least two hours between eating and going to bed, ideally more like three hours, especially if it's a bigger meal. But with low stomach acid, if you address your stomach acid and get to a good place, your digestive fire is so much better, works so much better. But even so, we still want to be allowing a couple of hours. Eating a lot of processed foods or poor quality foods in general, or having excess alcohol as well, these things can also contribute to low stomach acid too. Nutritional deficiencies are another thing that can contribute to low stomach acid as well. Zinc is a really big one, which we need in adequate levels to actually make stomach acid. Now, there are some pretty well-known trigger foods that are known to drive reflux, heartburn, indigestion. The thing is, they're not the reason that you develop the reflux in the first place. It's when you've already got this irritation in the esophagus, you've already got the foundation laid for this to take place. And then you go and consume those trigger foods that they drive those symptoms for you. So these triggers are often things like coffee, citrus, it can be peppermint for some people, peppermint tea, really spicy foods or very rich foods. Um, Also things like curries that use a lot of spices. So you can just go and Google a list of common reflux trigger foods. And you do want to keep that in mind. And if you're dealing with a lot of reflux, you might want to scale back on those. However, just know that they're not the reason that you developed the reflux in the first place. They're really a consequence of what's going on in your gut and this low stomach acid. Now let's chat about what to do if you're dealing with acid reflux and you want to address it. First up, if you're already on PPIs or H2 blockers and you want to come off them, you really need a plan. So definitely speak to your doctor if this has been something that's recommended to you through your doctor. And then I do highly recommend that you speak one-to-one with a practitioner about this because it's a little bit of a tricky one when you are on these medications coming off them. You do need a clear plan and you do need tools and you want to make sure that you're not doing any damage to your gut along the way. So as I said, speak to your doctor, come up with a plan. And if you're not on PPIs or H2 blockers or antacids or you haven't been recommended these through a doctor, here are some things that you can start to look into. 
First up, we want to aim to eat mostly whole foods. And as I mentioned, go and look at those common reflux trigger foods and drinks that you're consuming often, like alcohol, coffee, spicy foods, and start to just scale them back a little while while you work on this. Secondly, we want to look at how you eat. So we want to eat in a mindful state. We want to allow that gut-brain connection to take place. So take a few breaths before you eat those deep belly breaths. Get into a relaxed state. Eat mindfully. So just focus on your meal. Put your phone away. Put your laptop away and chew each mouthful 20 to 30 times. Next, we want to soothe and nourish your gut lining. So things like chicken broth and collagen can be great here. Also aloe vera juice, unsweetened aloe vera juice, slippery elm tea. All of these tools can be really helpful for just soothing and settling things down. If you suspect that stress is a big root cause factor for you in developing this acid reflux, you definitely want to address that as well. And I do find it is for most people dealing with reflux. So incorporate some form of stress reduction practices into your day to day. So things like meditation can be great. Just spending time out in nature, going for a walk, something like EFT tapping, whatever's going to help you, whatever's going to be something that feels, you know, achievable and doable for you on a day to day basis. If low stomach acid is an issue for you, which, as I said, it's going to be for the majority of people with acid reflux, we really want to make sure that you address those stomach acid levels. And this is a big mistake that I see people making that prevents them from ever getting over the acid reflux and also prevents them from getting over things like candida infections, parasitic infections, and SIBO. So you can address stomach acid levels using betaine HCL supplementation. However, I would really only ever recommend this under the guidance of a practitioner because you can definitely do damage and you need to do it in the right way and be really, really cautious. So there are some other things that you can do. I definitely start with the things that I mentioned before in terms of the gut healing, soothing down that inflammation, avoiding those trigger foods and managing your stress. And then once you've been working on that for a little while, then you can start to have some things like, you know, a little bit of apple cider vinegar diluted in water around 15 to 20 minutes before meals. You can also have things like digestive bitters or some citrus like lemon in water before meals as well. And these things can start to trigger that digestive cascade. So they communicate with your digestive system that food's coming. It's time to produce that stomach acid and digestive enzymes to help break down your food. Eating fermented foods can be helpful here. So adding something like sauerkraut or any of these other sort of more sour fermented foods can also help with that stomach acid production. Another thing to be mindful of as well, which is very highly correlated with reflux is H. pylori. Now, this is a type of bacterial infection. And I do find that this is a root cause factor also for a lot of people with acid reflux. And the H. pylori goes hand in hand very often with low stomach acid. So you want to address both of those things. The H. pylori is something that is picked up on the GI map test that I run with my clients. So feel free to get in touch with me or check out my website if you want to learn more about gut testing, GI map testing for H. pylori. And you can also get an H. pylori breath test through your doctor as well. So to recap, acid reflux is definitely not something you're stuck with. Unfortunately, the conventional medicine approach fails a lot of people because there really aren't a lot of solutions outside antacids and PPIs. So what we really want to do here is address 
that low stomach acid. Bring that stomach acid back into balance with that whole process that I just mentioned so that you can get to a place where you have adequate stomach acid, your digestive system is working really well, you're able to digest your food properly, get those key nutrients out of your food to support your optimal health and just not have to deal with acid reflux or silent reflux on a regular basis. It is definitely doable. I've helped a lot of people with this and I just want you to know if it's something you've been struggling with on and off, you can definitely get that. You just need the right plan and you need a process to help get you to where you want to go. So I hope you found this helpful. If you have, I would be super grateful if you took a minute or a couple of minutes out of your time to hop on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening to this episode and just leave me a short five-star review. I would be super, super grateful. Podcasting often feels like a bit of a one-sided conversation, so it's really, really great. I get so stoked whenever I get positive feedback because it motivates me to keep on going. So go do that, share this episode with a friend who needs to hear it, and I will catch you next time. Bye. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the High Vibe and Healthy Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to chat with me about how we can work together to reach your health goals, head to frandargaville.com. To connect with me day to day, Instagram is the place to be. Follow me via my handle at frandargaville. And finally, please note that the materials and content within this podcast are intended as general information only and are not considered to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment.